This is the Adopt-A-Mom podcast, a show about adoption and motherhood, helping adoptive moms create meaningful relationships with their adopted children through storytelling, prayer, mindfulness, and intentional parenting. I'm your host, Rita Perry-Jones, an adoptee from Liberia, West Africa. Welcome to the show. there. Hello, everyone. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to another episode of the Adopted Mom Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. I am so excited that you have taken some time out of your day or your night or whenever you're listening to this. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen to my podcast. I really, really appreciate you. Today, I want to talk about the impact that missionaries have on children from orphanages around the world, especially orphanages in West Africa, specifically Liberia, the orphanage that I grew up on. I want to um, just go ahead and, and just talk about the impact that some of those missionaries have had on me and maybe on other kids at the orphanage as well. I just want to, before I start, I just want to say that um, if you are someone who you think that God has placed on your heart to go to a third world country to um, just teach children, to play with children, to be with children, I would say, please do it. Please do it. Don't worry about anything, right? Because God will make a way when it comes to the finances. But if, if that's something that God has put on your heart, please do it. And don't make it about yourself. This is more than you. There are people, there are children who need you, children who need your presence, who need your physical body to make them feel love, um, to just to hold your hands. And there are children who, and even people who just, who need you just for literally just like your smile and your presence. So don't make, um, don't make it about yourself. If you are someone that God is calling to go to a third world country, especially to orphanages to play with children, please do it and don't make it about yourself. Okay. That's my announcement. <laughs> Moving on. So I'm going to talk about, um, the, the process, you know, because I know that in Liberia, when we were, when I was there every year, people from Canada, Mexico, sometimes Guatemala, in America, a lot of missionaries go over there once a year. I think it was every July that missionaries will come from these different countries that will go to Liberia and just do things and, you know, do things that missionaries do and uh, help around the place and be with children and stuff. Um, so that because that happened, I think it was in July. It usually happened in July. Once a year for a couple of years that happened. We um, we looked forward to the summer. That was our biggest summer event or sometimes the whole event of the year. We look forward to that. Um, sometimes they were announced to us, you know, when the guests will be arriving or, you know, sometimes they'll tell us the day, sometimes they won't. But we usually know that um, it is around in July, some days in July that the guests will be arriving. So, like whenever like school's out and they announce to us that the guests will be here in July or maybe the end of July, or the beginning of July, we get so excited. We look forward to it. I mean, it's 
when I tell you it's exciting, it's exciting. That was some of my exciting and some of my happiest memories from Liberia were from um, hanging out with missionaries from America or Canada or different countries. So I had a lot of good experiences with them. So like when when they announced to us like when the missionaries are coming, the night before that, we we, we don't sleep. Because we're so excited. We are so excited. And we had this like unspoken rule. Well, actually it was spoken. Um, this secret code. Like if you, if you had a friend, like if a white person came over and, and that person was your friend, like they were my friend, nobody else is allowed to talk to them. <laughs> nobody else is allowed to play with them. They're my friends. Stay away from them. Don't talk to them. They came here for me, even though they didn't. But in my head, they came here for me. So don't talk to them. Don't still my friend. We did that. We will fight over. We will literally fight over white white people just so other people can leave them alone because they're our friends. And so um, there were a lot of anticipation. Like the night before, we won't we won't sleep because we'll be so excited. We'll be thinking about. You know, I wonder how many people are going to come. I wonder who's going to be my friend. Is my friend going to be a man or a woman? Or is it going to be like a teenager that's going to come? You're just wondering. We would just talk all night and just not sleep and be so excited. And then like the day off. Like sometimes they'll tell us that the guests are going to be here around six o'clock or so or, or five o'clock or four o'clock. So you guys need to get ready to go greet them. And so like we would leave from the orphanage and go to the church ground. And I just want to say, guys, like the atmosphere at that at the church ground is it was pure joy joy. Everybody was waiting, just waiting around, waiting for people to to come post smiles on our faces even though we we did have smiles but we were just waiting for i mean we just felt so special because we used to think um that white people were rich we used to think that they have so much money and they have gold and silver silver and they have so much stuff that the fact that somebody who is that rich and have so much money will leave the country and come to play with me or to say my name or to look at me or talk to me. It make it made us feel very special. So we really look forward to that. So I, I would say not even not even kids. I think I even think the grown-ups were also very excited. They probably were not showing it as much as the kids were, but um they were very excited to when we would just wait around at the church ground for the missionaries to come. We'll wait around, we'll be playing in the dirt, we would just be playing, sitting, and just waiting and just anticipating all of the, the excitement. And then after a while of waiting, we would just hear, Oh, look, the guests, the missionaries are coming, and we will look up the street and we will see like buses. This, um, I think. Sometime maybe four or five school bus size will come, will be coming down the street with full of missionaries and we will be so excited. You can hear that the excitement will be, everybody will be yelling and screaming and just running to the road to, to see, um, the buses and to see these people coming and we would just run to the bus. And whenever somebody gets off the bus, you would just grab the hand and that person is like your, your friend for the next three weeks. Like you hold their hands everywhere to go. You, um, except when it's time for them to go eat, like you don't go with them to go eat into the dining room and then at bedtime, you don't go with them. But all throughout the day, you, you're holding their hands, you're playing with them in the dirt, you're taking them to your room and other parts of the orphanage and 
you are just, you're holding something for them, like a water bottle or the, their Bible or like anything that it wants you to hold for them. You, ju- you were just there for them. And it was just so exciting. I remember, um, the first, my first missionary friend that I made was, um, actually before that, before my missionary friend, I remember, um, the, the, or, the church, the organization that I have, the uh, orphanage, before the start of the orphanage, you had a school and that school wasn't too far from my house. And so I, I attended that school. I remember there was um, like the students had uh, sponsors from America. My sponsor was from Canada and he was, I want to say he was a like college age at the time. And so he, he traveled to Liberia. I remember the whole school was in like devotion or something. And one of the leaders walked in and he said, um, some, some sponsors are here to see the children that they're sponsoring. And so he was calling out the names of the children that they're sponsoring. And he, oh my goodness, I remember him calling my name and he said, Rita Due. And oh my goodness, I felt like heaven door open or the gates of heaven open now and that I heard the angels sing. I was so excited. I ran up to him and he he was a young boy. I would say college age at the time. I was very young, but he I want to guess that he was either college age at the time. I remember he his name was Justin. I remember Justin brought a bag full of just some goodies for me. I don't remember a lot of things. I remember the shoes. Like, I, oh my goodness, I felt so, oh, I felt so special. Um, He brought a pair of shoes. They were pink tennis shoes with white laces, uh, white lace on them. They fit me very well. And, and it was like, he brought some white socks and then some hair ties. I was so excited, guys. I wore those shoes to the ground. You hear me? to the ground. Like I wore them where like my feet were out and I was still trying to wear them. If I could fix shoes or sew shoes, I would have done that. I really love those shoes and I wore them like forever. I I just remembered being so special and so excited when I got those shoes from Justin's and the socks and then the hair tie. It was just amazing. That was my first experience with like white person or somebody from America. It was, it was, it, it was a great experience. It went with me for, for months and days. So fast forward, my first um, f- person that I made friend with from, from missionary friend was, I want to say her, actually it was Clarissa, Clarissa Shing. I think she's from Pennsylvania. She was my first missionary friend. I remember she got off the bus and I went and just held her. I just held her hand. And she was my friend. And Clarissa had, I'm sure she still does, the biggest smile. She would just smile at me. And there was another guy there too who was also her friend. I think his name was Michael. Michael and I, um, Clarissa was our friend. She she talked to us. We talked to her. We followed her everywhere. And we will hold things for her. And I just, I mean, I just loved just being next to her. Her smile just made me feel so bright and special. Um, I just loved walking around with her. So she was my first missionary friend. And when she left, I think she left me some skirt, like really long skirt. Of course, they didn't fit me at the time, but I think I tied them or something, put with like a rope or something around my waist for them to fit me. But I, I definitely, um, I definitely used it. I wore the clothes. I definitely wore those. So, um, I don't know. I'm, 
the other missionaries people that I met, they were not in particular orders, but I know Clarissa was my first one. And then I met um, Chibo. Chibo um, is married to Clarissa. Chibo is from Mexico. He he is so, oh my goodness, his face is so amazing. He he just shines light. Like Chibo doesn't have to say anything. He just has to look at you and he he just shines, the love of God just shines through him. He was so amazing. Chibo did not know how to speak English at the time that he was in Liberia. And Liberia is not the place to go to learn how to speak English, really, because we speak pidgin English and it's mix of, you know, different things together so but I remember the kids would try to teach him you know quote-unquote English but it would be something else and he would be trying to say it and they would all be laughing at him and he would be like what what's wrong and they made fun of him a lot but he he was a good sport we loved Chibo everybody in the community loved him he was just amazing um another person who was my friend that I went with everywhere um I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it was this old lady. Actually, before I get to the old lady story, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back. And, um, I remember hanging out with, um, I remember hanging out with well, Stephanie. I met Stephanie there as a missionary there. I hung out, hang out with Stephanie there. Um, now Stephanie is married to Monty. Monty, um, was, uh, like the leader, one of the leaders at the orphanage. I really hope someday I will get Stephanie to come on my podcast because she has a lot of knowledge about adoption. She adopted a child when she was a single mom. And so she has a lot of experience with, uh, with on that topic. Was also friends. Oh, I, I remember Melly. Melly was her name. I talked about Melly on my very first podcast episode. Melly is a missionary. She was a missionary from Guatemala. And like I said before, my previous podcast, Melly was one of those missionary ladies who made me want it to be a missionary. Um, I just really connected with her. She, I thought she was just beautiful. She had this really curly, dark, curly hair. She wore lipstick all the time and her, and she always had like fingernails polish on and she would have like some nice shoes where her toes was out because her toes was always polished, like fingernail, toenail polish on there. And she would dress up for church. Like she would have like a, um, nice suit, like a skirt suit for church. And she was just beautiful. I thought she's beautiful. And even though she didn't know how to speak English, very well. She knew some, but she didn't have to speak it very well because she's from Guatemala. She spoke Spanish. Um, but I just, she just one of those women who just got stuff done. You know, like if she saw anything was wrong, like anything was happening that wasn't going right, she would just, she would fix it. Like she would just be like, what needs to be done? And when does it need to be done? Does it need to be done now or later? Like what we need to fix it right now. And so she was one of those people. I remember, um, one of the Christmas. Uh, we didn't have any, like we had rice, but we didn't have any soup and chicken. And I remember her, she was just, she was just like, no, that's not going to happen. It's Christmas. You guys need to eat and enjoy and be happy. She, I think she went to the marketplace and she bought all the chicken in the marketplace that she can find and, and brought it to the orphanage. It was so amazing. Everybody was excited and we just kept seeing chicken, you know, coming in, people bringing in chicken in boxes in the orphanage, bringing chicken. Everybody was so excited. And as I shared before as well, she was the one, only one that I think that that asked um, people at the orphanage, asked the leaders if I could go spend a night or two in her room with her 
which was so, guys, I feel like I was, I don't even know how to express the feeling. It was so amazing. I spent a night or two with her and I just watched this lady. Like I just, I just watched her just be amazing. Like I just love being in her presence and she maybe wanted to be a missionary. I really loved her. And then I, I remember seeing lots of amazing people. I remember seeing um, Jenny, Jenny um, Hugh Weller, I think that was her name. Jenny is now a dentist here in America. I remember playing volleyball with Jenny and other people from Canada or people that was on her team. I remember seeing Lisa. Lisa is my husband's cousin. I remember seeing her in Liberia. I remember Fairlight, Fairlight, Fairlight Rogers. Um, Fairlight live in Canada. She was one of those missionaries who went to Liberia. I think she went to Liberia first on like a short mission trip. And then she went back for a long one. She was there for a year, I think. I would say she was one of those missionaries who saw a lot of things that other missionaries didn't get to see. Because when when you're there for three weeks, we are told to be on our best behavior. We are told certain things to tell the people I do to tell the guests, you know, you tell them this, tell them that so that we can look good, so that we can look like we are taking care of you very well. Um, so some of the things we, we were coach on what to tell these people, but the ones that stayed there for more than a year, like, or like a year, like Fairlight did, we were not coached to say anything for a whole year. And so she actually got to see and some he- to hear um, some things beyond, um, you know, just the things that we were told to tell, to tell them. I remember Fela one day, she, um, I, actually the pictures that I posted on the topic about um, a day in the life of an orphan, the pictures that I post on my social media, Fairlight took those pictures and she's a girl in the picture. So she was... Um, she was our girl. All the girls I was in the picture with her. We were always hanging out with her. We were always just sometimes going to her room and she would come to our room and hang out in our room all day. Fairlight has the most amazing laugh. Like her laugh is contagious. I don't, I don't care what she's laughing at. As soon as she starts laughing, I'm laughing too because she's, she's, her laugh is just loud and contagious. Like I want to laugh at whatever she's laughing at because it must be really funny. And so I always loved having her around. She she fixed a really major issues for us when she was there. We didn't have feminine products. I don't want to go into detail about what we used before, but we didn't really have we didn't have a good system going. And so she realized that that we didn't have any feminine product, and you, she you can just tell that she was just amazed, like wow, really? A whole bunch of girls with no feminine product? That's crazy. And so she contacted um people. I'm not sure if it was in Canada or in America, and they were able to make um like a feminine like a feminine product pad thing for us. It was like, wow, like I didn't even know such thing exists from what I was using before. It was just like a, it was revolutionary. It was ridiculous. It was just crazy different. I was like, wow, I can't believe such thing exists. And even from going from that to coming to America and seeing like the most advanced form of feminine products, I'm like, wow, this is this is crazy. And so Fairlight did that for us. She she fixed that problem for us. And so it wasn't perfect, but she did the best she could, and we really appreciated her a lot. So that was the impact she had on us, changing the way that we um that we use our feminine product and then having to provide some for us. So I'm going to um, talk about, see, I think it was 
I met a lot of missionaries, I would say. But this one um, old lady in particular, I know she was old. I mean, she's older because um, she worked. She, I mean, I just know I, she was my friend. But she had really, she has gray hair and she walked very slow. And she, um, she was an older lady. I remember being, when she got off of the bus, I, for some reason, I just like, I just went over to her and I just kind of held her hand and walked around with her. She was my friend for the next three weeks that she was there. Um, I walked around with her. I carry her Bible. I carry stuff for her. When it was time for devotion, I sat next to her. She really didn't have much to talk about, um, but I love just being in her presence. I love being in the presence of older people um, because you can learn so much from them. And this lady, she she talked about her children and her grandkids. And when she would show me pictures of grandkids, I'd be like, wow. Because you usually don't see, in Liberia, you don't really get to see a lot of white babies, white kids at all. Really, you don't see white babies. But when I would see pictures of her grandkids and like the grandbabies and stuff, I'd be like, oh, she's so cute. And I'd just be looking at this baby picture, you know, I'd just be admiring it. She was a great lady. Um, I remember when she was leaving. So sometimes when the missionaries leave, they will leave some things with, with the kids, like maybe like shoes or some socks or um, some of the clothes that they have. They will leave something behind um for that for the friends or the the child who they've been with for the whole week or the whole three weeks they were there my friend this old lady for some crazy reason guys i don't remember her name i don't know why it's ridiculous and it and i should really remember her name but for some reason i don't and it and it bothers me so much that i do not remember her name she had such an impact on me um and I would, I think I would probably just focus on just listening to her talk most of the time that I don't even remember her name. It's crazy. Um, but when she was leaving, um, the day that she left, she gave me a Bible. I was so grateful to have a Bible. I don't, I didn't have a Bible then at that time. She gave me a nice leather, um, Bible. It was black and she just gave it to me when she was getting on the bus to leave. She gave it to me. I gave her a hug and she gave me a big smile and I gave her a hug and she got onto the bus. On my way home, I, um, held the Bible in my hand and guys, I opened this Bible. Okay. I opened the Bible in this Bible, guys, was a hundred dollar bill. I was so afraid. I was like, did she forget? <laughs> Did she forget her money? But I'm sure it was intentional. She put that in there for me. But I was so like taken back because I had never held $100 US dollar bill in my hands before. And I was afraid that somebody was going to beat me up to take it away from me. So I quickly put it back into the Bible and I went into my room and I took it out of the Bible again and I kept looking at it and I, I, I hid it somewhere for nobody so nobody would take it away from me. I remember I... Um, I gave it to one of the the caregivers at the orphanage, one of the people who took care of us. And this person took good care of my money. Every time I needed something, this money, guys, this money lasted so long. Every time I needed money, this person would go, would take some of it and exchange it into a Liberian dollar and give it to me. And I will go to the marketplace. Like when school is about to start in the fall and stuff, I will get um, shoes and socks and lotion and toothpaste and toothbrush, you know, um, for the school year. And just some like Vaseline or some lip stuff, some stuff for my hair. 
And it was just amazing because honestly, guys, I didn't have anybody to bring these things to me at the orphanage. I didn't have anybody. And so this lady really blessed my life for a long time. That money went on for a long time. I used it a little bit at the time here and there, and it went on for a long time. I'm so glad that she did that for me because it really impacted me. So thankful for her and lots of other missionaries went to the orphanage. Like I said, guys, that was um, some of my happiest memories was from being with having missionaries around. Because here's another thing. When when people come from America, like if people if people are able to come into the country to visit, then that tells us that the country is safe, right? That is safe that people from another country can come in and visit us. So that gives us a peace of mind. We know that when white people or Americans are over there, there'll be no war. That probably means that there is peace. There is peace in the country. That's why they're allowing people to come into the country. So that, that makes us feel like, you know, we can let down our guards and and play and accept people and visit with people. Every experience that I had with missionaries were amazing. The only time of the year where everybody is so excited. Think about Christmas here in America, right? Christmas where the atmosphere is different. When you go to the grocery store, when you go to the mall, like everybody's have that Christmas spirit and they're happy and just giving and loving and pure joy in the air. That's kind of like how it was when we would have people come from America to visit us. That is the highlight, sometimes the highlights of our whole year. And so we really appreciate that. So like I, like I said from the beginning, if you are somebody who God's been placing on your heart to go to a, an orphanage to play with kids, to be friends with them, please do it. Please do it. You are needed. Your touch is needed. Your smile is needed. Your presence is needed. Your presence is needed for assurance. Your presence is needed for love. Your presence is needed for somebody to feel seen and feel accepted and feel love. So please do it. So before I close, I'm going to say, you know, how how this tie into adoption. If you are somebody who have a um, a child from maybe from Liberia, because I'm very specific on this one, because I only know um, the experience of people from Liberia, because that's where I was. But if you adopt a child from a third world country where you know that they had like they were friends with people with missionaries before you met them. It probably would be a good idea to reach out to that missionary if you if you know them. I know not everybody knows everybody, right? Because if you don't know somebody's last name and the address and phone number, I mean, how else are you going to contact them, right? With social media and with names and pictures, you can figure out who somebody is pretty quick nowadays. But if you're able to contact the person who used to be friends with that with that child at the orphanage or who even saw that child at the orphanage, if you can call them or get in contact with them and say, how was he like? How was she like? You know, do you have some pictures of him or her or my child so that I can save it? Do you do you remember anything that they said or did when they were at the orphanage? Like how was it like? How you know just get to know your child from a different angle, you know, from somebody else who saw them before you. So I think that'll be another way to help you create relationship because that person might be able to tell you some things that you have never thought of that you don't, that you don't know of. It'll be a good idea to do that if that's possible. But if it is not, just know that your kids, if they were older, 
they did come in contact with other people, other white people or guests from America before you. And they still might even still be in contact with those people. And that's okay because they knew those people first and they want to keep them around because those people are part of their history, part of their journey and part of their life. So that's all I have to say today, guys. So thank you so much for joining me on another episode of my podcast. I'm so excited that I had I got to share this. This actually is bringing back some really good memories. There have been other episodes that I have recorded and I just had such terrible feelings after that and, and you know, just lots of things that weren't happy. But this episode is actually giving me really good feelings because I'm really remembering some amazing people who impacted my life and who have impact on my life forever because now they'll be a part of my life forever. So if you, I'm going to say for the third time, if you are somebody who guys been calling to do, to go to Africa, to play with children, please do it. You will never be forgotten. They may even forget your name, but they will never forget how you make them feel and how you put a smile on the face and how, again, how you made them feel every single day. Thank you so much to those missionaries who did that for me, for every single one of them who did that for me. I really appreciate it because it meant a lot to me. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you can come back next time for my next episode. Thank you. Have a good day and God bless. Thank you so much for joining me on the Adaptive Mom podcast. Your time is very important. Thank you for sharing some of it with me. If you would like to know more about me, please check out my website, readaperryjones.com. The Perry Jones is hyphenated. You can also follow me on Instagram at readaperryjones. No hyphen, just one word. Also, please join me on my Facebook community. To do so, you can go to facebook.com and search for the Adapter Mom podcast. Don't forget to leave a comment subscribe, download, and share this podcast with anyone who might need it. Thank you and God bless.